Rise and shine. It's butt whipping time. It's time for the Morning Blitz with Ross Volkmer. That broadcast school has really paid off. And Christian Peck Dimmitt. Do you want to keep this job? Shut up, listen, learn. The region's only local sports talk show. Discussing it all from the preps to the pros. What time is it? Dance and Simulcasting on AM 730 Fox Sports Tri-State. Streaming online at nwksradio.net and the Rockingham app. They are everywhere. The Blitz is presented by the Insurance Agency, the Farmer State Bank in Oakley, the Cowboy Corner Express, and Equity Bank of Hoxie, Quinter, and Grinnell. Stop what you're doing and listen. Happy Thursday morning. Hope your day's off to a great start. It's a leap day. You know, Christian, I've always been fascinated with people who were born on leap years, you know, because if it was me and I was born on a leap year, if it was me, I'm pretty sure I would just be counting up the years that were leap years. So, you know, what would I be? What would like I be this? Like, yeah, six or something, you know? I'd be fine is with it, that. Is it Tyrese Halliburton that was born? Uh... On a leap day, I think that's who it is. Is it is, Tyrese Halliburton? So he he can't buy drinks or whatever. Future NBA star, Tyrese Halliburton? Uh, Current current NBA (laughs) star. (laughs) Actually, you know what, that is, I don't want to get into this, but that is a fascinating topic that they have started Mm. bringing up on the the national media circuit, is who is the next face of the NBA? Because we all all put that as LeBron, you know, and Steph Mm. is up there, and... Who's the next face of the NBA? Because there really hasn't been like a superstar kind of come up. And I, you know, the thing is, Luca. I mean, it, it's probably going to be an international Jokic. star is probably who it's going to be. An international yeah. player. I mean, if, if you want me to, be, I hate to be dismissive. Um, it's an arbitrary question. It's not like a real title or a real thing. Uh, people just like to have someone that they can say, you're the best player, you're the best player, have debates about it. Luca's in that conversation. Yeah, Ross, you're you're right. It's probably an international guy. Luca, Giannis, Jokic, top that list. Shea is up there. Uh, Gildas Alexander, uh, Aunt Edwards <laughs> is up not... there. <laughs> I doubt that. I don't think he's Do you? up there. Do you I doubt that the guy that's him. second in the MVP race right now is? I, I don't the face think of the he. I, we're talking about a face of the league. Like you know, it was. It was Jordan, and then it was LeBron. Who is the next big-time face? Not just some guy who's hot right now. Who is the next big-time face? That's what they're talking about. Who is the next? Not not this year. You want me to predict who's going to dominate for decades like Jordan and uh, LeBron? Okay, okay, okay. I mean, those are the two greatest players in the history of the sport. I don't want to dive into this. I don't know if we have anyone like that right now. I know. I get that. But, you know, that's what it's like. That's the the face of the NBA, I think, is considered to be LeBron. I don't think there's anyone that jumps out to me. Not at this point in time. I don't know. It's a fascinating topic because I don't think there is anybody <laughs> right now that's in that spot. I think the closest player to that is Jason Tatum. I think that's the closest player <laughs> to it. So, that's all I'm saying. Probably the closest player to it. You have not watched the NBA in a long time. No, it's not Jason Tatum. I can tell you that for sure. We're not that's talking tough. about having to oh, have the best numbers. We're not talking about having to have the best numbers right now. We're talking about no. the face of Come the on. NBA. 
I know, and that involves apparently being generationally great, and Giannis, Luka, and Jokic are all way... Come on, Jason, did you say Jason Tatum? I'm not the only one we'll who... Throw I'm, not the, Hayes I'm, in not the the, I'm not the only one that said that, so... Like I know, I said, we, have I, a, we have a Celtics fan listener, am, <laughs> he's going to text in. But, I'm not even saying it's uh, a listener. I, I love Tatum, he's a great two-way guy. I'm not even God. saying that, I'm saying I've heard national people say that Jason Tatum could be the face of the league going <laughs> Wally forward. Wally Serbiak. So, so, Wally Serbiak, I would love that. He does good on NCAA uh, coverage, I like Wally Serbiak. Uh, anyway, no, he's great. Yeah. we got plenty yeah. to get Those into eyebrows. today's shows besides the garbage that is the NBA. NBA. Uh, let's move on. We'll have uh, substate basketball. Jason Tatum doesn't mean you get to write off the whole league. Oh, the whole league is garbage. It's all garbage. Uh, well, we get into uh, substate basketball tonight, a busy night of substate hoops all over the place, highlighted by Goodland at Holcomb tonight. A big one for the Cowboys. We'll get to that coming up in a little bit. Uh, and we got lots of stuff to get to from yesterday. Yesterday, I felt like was a little bit of a regional news dump. Uh, as in there was a lot of news that came across uh, the ticker. And so I want to get to all that here in the front in the first segment with the front page. Read all about it. Read all about it. The top stories of today. I got the early edition. Hot off the press. It's the front page on the Morning Blitz. Front page, really? What a great night it was in Juco Hoops last night. Colby Community College and Northwest Tech, you combine the, the four teams, go a combined three and one. The Northwest Tech men with a win last night. I'll start there because I think it was the most impressive. The Northwest Tech men with a win last night over their opponent in Independence, 95-84. They pick up a big win, and they have officially, I believe, barring, I think it's official. I don't think there's anybody that can do this. They have officially locked up a first-round home game for the first time in the program's history. So that is highly impressive. So history was made Last night for the Northwest Tech Maverick men as they locked up a spot and are the officially going to be hosting a first-round playoff game uh, there in the Jayhawk Conference. Uh, what a job Jay Bradley has done. Uh, that's an amazing job from him uh, to take this program where it's never been before, so I give him a ton of credit on this. Um, big night last night for Tate and Connor. Had a double-double, 25 points, 11 rebounds. Charles Fulfana gives 23-8. and eight. And then great performances from Keyshawn Miller, who's been a little quiet the last couple games, but 15-9. and nine. And then Emar Jones off the bench, 12-8. and eight. Also 13 points last night from Dylan Holt. So five guys in double figures last night as Northwest Tech beats Independence 95-84. They are 13-15 and 15 overall, 9-13 and 13 in the league. I was thinking, I was looking at the schedule. You're on the road at Pratt. You are also at home versus... If you can win both of those games to finish out the regular season, all of a sudden, guess what? You are 15-15 and 15 on the year. 15-15 and 15 to finish out 500. Uh, it would be an amazing record for Northwest Tech. Uh, and once again, to finish out would probably be 11-13 and 13 if, if, if they can get two wins here in the Jayhawk. 11 and 13 conference record is something that this program hasn't even been close to sniffing uh, ever in its history. So it's a it's a monumental year for Jay Bradley and the Maverick men, uh, and a great win last night. And like I said, congrats on locking up a first round home game in the postseason. That is humongous for this program. It is a huge accomplishment. They have the tiebreaker, I think, over Coffeeville. That's right. Yeah. Yes, they do. Gotcha. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's locked up and 
hugely impressive, not to mention you, you, you said they can get to 15 and 15, and that's great if arbitrary, but really I think it's momentum going into the postseason. You already have you would be hosting a game. I mean, you could string together a couple more wins in a conference that winning streaks are hard to come by. I mean, that's a big deal. You want to talk about something cool is that the month of February, like it, when you visit with Coach Bradley in the beginning of the season, because I had a chance to visit with him about it, mm-hmm. and he looked at their schedule and he was like, good Lord, you know, you look at the December and the January part, we're on the road, mm-hmm. it's, God, we got, that's a brutal part of the schedule. Then you look at February and they were home, home a ton mm-hmm. out of the whole entire month of February. They were, I think they only had a couple of road games. You look at their schedule, they went six and two in the month of February. Six and two. I mean, this it's it's closing time. February is closing time. So you need to get all the wins you can. And boy, the Mavericks have done that here in the month of February. Going six and two in the month of February. Two games in March where they have a above average shot of winning both of those games. Mm-hmm. They will not be gimme games. Cloud is hard, and so is Pratt. But you gotta feel pretty darn good if you're Jay Bradley. You've locked up that home game in the first round of the postseason. You're playing very well. Getting closer to the postseason, if you can just find a way to finish out this regular season strong, you got to feel good going into the postseason where they could do something that they haven't done a lot of. They have done it before, but win a first-round game and then go up against mm. the bigger dogs, you know, your, <laughs> your Bartons and your Hutches again, where those guys are. But uh, it's been a heck of a season for Northwest Tech. To see them in the middle of the pack of that standing is really, really, really good. And I don't think they I – th- I, yeah, I think they do. I mean, I – I right, right now, I'm, I'm putting in my vote, which I don't have one, but I'm putting in my vote, Jay Bradley for Coach of the Year. Why is it? Ooh. Why would he not be Jayhawk Conference Coach of the Year? I, the Barton coach will get it, more than likely. McCombs yeah. will probably get it, but Jay Bradley should get it. Where this program is, most of the time, to where it is right now, hello. Jay Bradley, Coach of the Year in the Jayhawk Conference. Write it up right now. And, and they could potentially finish the year with a four-game winning streak in conference play and have won six of their last seven ball games. Highly That's impressive. Six of the last seven in the Jayhawk for Northwest Tech. Potentially, they I still mean, need to finish up does, their work. That does not happen at Northwest no. Tech. It doesn't. It happens at Hutch. It happens at Barton. It happens at Butler. It happens at the big time programs. Not at Northwest Tech. God, what a great job Jay Bradley's done with this program. Congratulations, Coach Bradley, friend of the program. Uh, great night for Colby Community College, men and women. I want to start with the women. Another conference win last night. They win in overtime over Seward County, 73-67. It's been a long time since they'd beaten Seward County. Sophia Lopez, a 30-burger last night to mm. lead the way. Uh, and the, how about this? Winning back-to-back games in the Jayhawk for the first time this season and for the first time in a couple of years, they've won back-to-back games in the Jayhawk. Yeah. So first time that's since huge. February of 2022. And, I, and with that win... They have guaranteed themselves into the postseason. So they have locked themselves into the postseason. So as you said before, and you've said it so correctly, anything past win number two is gravy this year, and they have surpassed that quite much. You know, what's that, seven wins now, I think, on the season? Uh, I think it's... I think it's seven or eight. Might be six. Might be wrong on that. I got it. I can pull uh, it up. Women's basketball. It's eight. It's eight Eight wins. So eight wins... And four in conference play, I think that's pretty darn good. Pretty darn good overall. You you talked about Tech rightly so as being a, you know, 
compared to where the program usually is versus where they are now, highly impressive. Same type of thing right here. What Coach Spence has done with this squad compared to where they are usually to where they are right now, incredibly impressive. Yes, this is impressive in the short term for Colby because it was maybe four or five years ago they weren't that bad. They were in the oh, middle no. of the pack most of the time. Northwest Tech, in the history of its of its program mm. in the Jayhawk Conference, which once again is not that lengthy of a stretch, maybe six, seven, eight years they've been in the Jayhawk. I mean, for them to be in that spot, you know, they for them to be in this, it's it's no doubt the best it's ever been, ever. Mm. ever been in the history of the program. Whereas Colby, they've had some great years in the past, obviously. This is a great rebound year after a couple of really tough years for the Lady Trojans. So, big win for them last night in overtime over Seward County uh, to pick up their fourth Jayhawk Conference win. Trojan men, also with a nice victory over Seward, 80-75. to Nice victory there for CCC. Uh, I did not get a chance to look at the box score on this. I just saw the final score. Um, no, it's because the box score has not yet. Yeah, it's been not even released. posted yet. So they've been. Ha- I think they were having some technical issues there with the computer system because it was there was even not even live stats uh, going on. But still, a win gets them to ten and eighteen overall, and uh, they are now six and sixteen in the conference. Colby is not last in the. Is not what I would say here. They're not. They're officially in the postseason, and they weren't. I don't think they're going to finish dead last in the. You know, it's like they're going to have not to go close. to the highest seed. So you know, they're they're right there, tied with Pratt, a game above Seward County. So they they've yeah, locked themselves the into the thing. postseason. They got that now. They got that tiebreaker too, I believe, over Seward. That's true. And the the big thing was going into this game, they were at five. So was Pratt. So was Seward. Uh, Seward being their opponent, so that win was huge, not only to grab the tiebreaker, but also to put themselves a game ahead. And uh, they do have a couple uh, of, t- or, you know, one ball game tougher than the other down the stretch, Coffeyville and Barton. Uh, but at Coffeyville, that will be a huge game uh, for Colby to potentially then even yourself up with the Red Ravens down the stretch. The tough part about that game is always the trip. It's a long oh way to Coffeeville, so that's the tough one. But there you go. I'd say, once again, a highly successful night. The only sour part on that was the Northwest Tech women. They lose uh, They lose last night to uh, Independence 91-53. Uh, Lady Mavs have been officially eliminated from the postseason. They will, once the season is over here on March the 7th, or 6th, excuse me, uh, their season will be done. But uh, first-year head coach Rashad Baker, I believe he knows he's got a lot of stuff. To, he's got a lot of work to go out and do in recruiting and getting some more players in to help his program grow. And it was his first year as a head coach, and he saw him take his first-year lumps, and uh, he'll get better as the year prog- as the years progress on, I would assume. But like I said, overall, pretty good night, I'd say, for junior college hoops uh, with CCC and Northwest Tech going combined 3-1. and one. Uh, also in college basketball last night, real quickly, Colorado a win over Cal, 88-78. They've won three in a row. KJ Simpson, 27 points. Tristan De Silva, 22 for the Buffaloes. Uh, only basketball on tonight that's not high school related. Uh, Nebraska basketball goes for its fifth straight win as, against a surging Ohio State team in Columbus. Moving on to the gridiron. Big news yesterday in college football. Kansas has agreed to a new contract with Lance Leipold, their football coach, and a significant raise. Leipold is making nearly three times more now than his initial salary when he came from Buffalo just a couple years ago. 
I mean, and this is going to be year number what for him? Four? Is that right? Yes, I think it is year four. Year four for Leipold coming up. So in three years, he has tripled his salary. That's how good he's been at Kansas. And give a lot of credit to Travis Goff, athletic director. I mean, the investment they're putting into Kansas football with a brand new stadium, Lance Leipold, everything they're throwing into that. I mean, they have gone all in in football at Kansas. They totally have. Leipold is a now top three paid coach in the in the new Big 12 Ooh. when you take out, you know, because Oklahoma and Texas are gone. Yeah, so in yeah. the new Big 12, they are he's a top three paid coach, and I believe deservedly, deservedly so. And there have been a lot of big-time jobs that have come open in the last couple of years. Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, Nebraska. Leipold didn't take any of those jobs or was offered them. Who knows? But... He was, he was definitely talked about in those openings. He either didn't take them or wasn't offered them, and he is still at Kansas where he's building this program up. Um, he's gone 17-21 and 21 in three seasons at Kansas, 15-11 and 11 in the last two seasons with two bowl appearances and two appearances in the AP Top 20. So, once again, Lance Leipold, I think... I honestly think he's one of the best coaches in college football. I really think he is. Ooh. I really think. And I'm talking everybody. Dabo Swinney. You're saying one of the. I'm taking. I think he's know, one of the best. The, I'm talking just football coaches because once again. I'm saying out of, you know, top five, top 10, top 20. I'm going to say top 10. I'm not going to say top five. But one thing that is always. Dabo still up there and. The current look of college football. I, that it's, uh, that's a great question for debate. It'll be a great off-season off topic. Another rank your, rank your top 10 college football coaches. <laughs> I, the thing I love about Lance Leipold is that one, one, one sign of me of a great coach is that they. I love guys who start at the bottom and work their way up. It's not like, where well, you know, mm. I... I was a grad assistant here, and then I <laughs> took the tight end's job at this place, and then, well, I was an offensive analyst for the Rams, and then I was able to, because I had a good idea here or there, I got an offensive coordinator job, and now I'm a head coach. I'm talking a guy who started at Division Three. I think it was Wisconsin-Whitewater. Division Three, Wisconsin-Whitewater, was the one, how many national championships there and was so good. Then went to Buff. Buffalo, took a chance on him, and Buffalo was absolute garbage. He wins there at Buffalo, takes them mm-hmm. to MAC title games, and has all that great success. Three straight bowl games. And then, and then Kansas takes a chance on him at a Power 5 school, and guess what? He wins again. Everywhere he goes, he wins. That is impressive. Kalen DeBoer is another example of that. Everywhere he goes, he wins. I mean, he's going to get the ultimate test starting next year when he's the head coach yeah. at Alabama. But everywhere he's been, he's won. And so I give a lot of credit to those guys who started at the bottom and worked their way up and because they've proven that they can do it. Instead of a guy, you know, well, I had a couple good years here and then because I was a great offensive coordinator at this spot. And then I got a head, my first ever head coaching job. We had a couple of great years at a small school. Then we go to a big school and we stink. So, anyway, Lance hey, Leipold. This is a big year for for him and for Hawks faithful. We 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 keep pegging him in that kind of edge of a playoff spot range next year. Shoot, the college football playoff is expanding. They could have made it for fourteen <laughs> teams. <laughs> yeah, really. 
Honestly, sure honestly, I don't even want to laugh at it because I don't want to sit and laugh. If if things go right and they stay healthy and they continue to improve under Leipold, why can't they be a top twelve team? Oh, 100%. Why could they not be that? This year. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So they could be there. Um, once again, Lance Leipold gets paid, deservedly so, making more than $7 million a year. He deserves it. And everything I've heard, because, um, you know, Lance has been in to visit Lincoln Cure for recruiting. And everything I've heard is Lance Leipold is a fantastic guy as well. So mm. you can't help but like a guy who's a great guy on top of the fact. And uh, he deserve, he deservedly uh, is, in, is uh, getting that pay raise. Uh, news in the round the Kansas City Chiefs organization yesterday. Plenty of news. Uh, as Christian reminded, we kind of talked about... Actually, the news around Legereus Sneed is the Chiefs, of course, plan to franchise tag him, paying him around $19 million, but the Chiefs have given Sneed and his representation permission to seek a trade before a start of the new league year. So the Chiefs have said, all right, well, if you don't want to be tagged, you can get traded if you'd like to. Apparently, Atlanta is yeah. one of those teams that's interested in it right at this point in time. So, that's, that was some big news. Everybody. Well, they need help. <laughs> Wouldn't you be if you're Atlanta? <laughs> what we have is not good. We need better. <laughs> we need more of the good people. Yeah. Um, I, it's not a bad move if you're the Chiefs, to be honest. Uh, despite a huge raise in the salary cap, and even larger than people who look into that were expecting you got to be realistic here and say, you know, they made a choice that maybe some KC fans might not like, but ultimately isn't a bad one to say, we're going to put our emphasis this free agent season on getting Mr. Jones a big old deal. And we're going to back up the Brinks truck for him. And that realistically means you kind of don't have a lot of options other than a tag for Sneed, which is well, unfortunate. Because but they said we're gonna the snag, the world goes. we're gonna tag Snead and then try and get Jones to take a, uh, a a deal that would be beneficial beneficial to Kansas City is the way it kind of reads in the in the language yeah, that I see. Not, which I don't uh, know if that's gonna happen. Um, plenty of other news yesterday surrounding the Chiefs. They are releasing Marquez Valdez Scantling. MVS was fifth in receptions from the Chiefs this year. Had a nice comeback at the end of the year after struggling most of the season. Uh, but that's going to save them around $12 million against their salary cap. So that'll help out a little bit for the Ch Chiefs who continue to try and make more salary cap room so they can bring back all these key pieces uh, that they currently have. And there's other interesting news surrounding the Kansas City Chiefs yesterday. They announced stadium updates yesterday. They're going to do some updates to uh, to Arrowhead or GEHA Field at Arrowhead, some 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 upgrades inside the stadium, some upgrades um, outside as well. I mean, here's the thing: if you're Kansas City, we all know the Royals are more than likely going to move downtown and and have a new ballpark there. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that whole spot's going to be yours. And I've seen the renderings where they've completely you know demolished <laughs> the K and put parking lots there, which is fine. You know, more parking there, but. I, to me, Arrowhead is kind of like Lambeau Field. It's it's a little bit it's got a little bit of mystique to it, I think, especially with the success that they've had as of late. So I don't know if I would want a brand new stadium up in Kansas City. So I'm fine with the upgrades. I, I like the idea. They're gonna put in one of them I saw was like some luxury boxes in the end zone, like on the field. Field luxury boxes and they're gonna have Who's a few gonna other be there? things. Who? Yeah. <laughs> not Taylor. That's not enough secure area for her. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I don't she know. She can't get a plane to land down there. <laughs> 
Nobody can, unfortunately. Uh, unless it's in a remote control plane. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I just... I, I think this is the right move for Kansas City. Instead of building a brand new stadium, I think it's the smart thing to just kind of renovate what you have and make it as nice as you possibly can. Do you agree, or do you think they should start over from new? No, I agree. I, yeah, I, I think uh, Lambo has that prestige. I don't know if you maybe put it on the same level or slightly below, but Gross, that's a pretty apt comparison I, there I, I, in, in the way that it's I'm saying, not like this did, how new, did I, no no i agree how did i word that did i say it was lambo because it's not lambo but it's like lambo. no but it's that same idea no i'm saying you're right apt apt is good uh this <laughs> lambo lambo and uh arrowhead aren't you know they're not the sleek modern thing that you're seeing uh, like up in Minnesota or wherever, where it's all sharp edges and closed roof and this whole thing. But what it is, is historic. It's It's got this mystique to it. I think that's the word you use, and I agree. And it's it's just got this legendary status about it. Yeah, I would probably be hard-pressed to part with Arrowhead. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a Chiefs fan. I'm but not if I either, want, so I, I don't know. Like, but I would feel like that'd be the way. I wouldn't want to part with Arrowhead. But... And then this, to me, is the most fascinating story of all of them, saving the best for last. Anybody happen to see this news story late yesterday, it was late in the day, about the NFL Players Association survey, where they oh, send yeah. out a survey to all the players asking about all the franchises and and all the different, like, you can help me out here, Christian, but they're asking about, you know, your, th- like, thoughts on you know locker rooms travel mm-hmm. training facilities Treatment all of that families. all that yeah how they how you how they treat your family and the washington commanders came in dead last which was not a surprise to me that was not a shocker technically not but the Kansas City chiefs are in the in the bottom of the barrel as well which was a stunner to me and to everybody else which what what does that say what does it say if if you are Not apparently good. one of the worst franchises when it comes to player amenities and all this stuff, and even what uh, owner Clark Hunt was considered the worst owner in the rankings or something like that, I mean, and yet you've won back-to-back Super Bowls. It says that Mahomes' what does that back say? is probably hurting more than we think it is. So they graded on eleven things. They sent this out to all seventeen hundred and change players. And they said, come back and give us a a letter grade, you know, A through F if you go back to to school. Treatment of families, food slash cafeteria, nutritionist slash dietitian, locker room, training room, training staff, weight room, strength coaches, team travel, and then head coach and ownership. And despite, of course, being very high in the head coach department, Casey, so if if you think about they all had letter grades, this is another throwback to school here. Uh, the Athletic gave everybody a GPA, you know, averaged out all the grades. And while the Commanders, Ross, had the most Fs, I think that's what you saw, they had the most bottom grades, the Chiefs have the worst GPA. They have the (laughs) worst overall responses to all of those things. Come on! Imagine if any of them were any better what the Chiefs would be able to do. Let's let's think about this a little bit, though. I think about this from the parenting side of things, having little ones in the house. If you're a little bit tougher on your kids, 
you know, and keep them in line. I mean, they might actually perform a little bit better in life, whereas you let them run they, rampant and have everything. You starve them until they No, no, until they no, I'm not pool. saying that. But one of, the, one of the examples that they used in the Chiefs was that they complained that they had stools at their lockers and not comfy chairs, which has since been changed. But I'm like, who cares if it's a stool? Once again, what's happening do, on the apparently. field? You're winning. Like this, it doesn't add up. Like if you're not happy at your job, you're usually not very good at your job. Like if you're not happy, it usually means you're not going to do your best. What does it say if you're if you're not happy and you're winning Super Bowls and consecutive Super Bowls? What does it say? What do you mean? What does it say? It it says that you have the best head coach in the NFL and the most talented uh, defensive roster. You drafted really well and you put together the best young defense in the league to pair with the and most quarterback. talented quarterback to ever touch the field so, in the NFL. So apparently, that's what it means. It doesn't you gotta mean have that you're a great coach, great a great quarterback, out there. and a decent defense. That's all you need. It doesn't matter what the facility is like. Just get a great quarterback, a great coach, and a decent no, defense. No, you need an all-time great coach, an all-time <laughs> great quarterback, and one of the better young defenses in the league, maybe the best young defense in the league, and suddenly it gets a little bit uh, you know, to the back of your mind that you have stools in your locker room and you're being starved uh, in the cafeteria. And let's be real here. Yeah, there's, you know, you're grading A through F on the scale of I make tens of millions of dollars and this facility is worth billions. So it, an F, I'm sure, is still nicer than any of us or anyone listening to this uh, has ever had. But, you know, it. Imagine if they were actually given nice facilities, maybe a three-peat. I, th- I just, to me, it's just like it doesn't matter if you're winning. Doesn't matter. Just keep See, winning. Ross would be Ross would be a great Washington Commanders level owner. That's what I'm learning. Hey, if I had the money to buy the Washington Commanders, I would be happy. What can I say? I'd be happy. I own an NFL franchise. You can go kiss my butt for all I care. I own an NFL franchise. It's only there's only 32 of those around, baby. Just remember. <laughs> Uh, anyway. Have I won zero games? Maybe. <laughs> but I own it. I own money. I got money. All right, there you go. That's the front page here on a Thursday morning. Let's get to break. Come back. Substate basketball returns after a 24-hour hi- hiatus. Uh, we'll talk about the games scheduled for tonight. You're listening to the Morning Blitz.